Green. Are you an ultimate Eagles football fan? Well, you're in the right place. Well, you're in the right place. (laughs) This is Birds 365. Hosted by the new Mac and Mac, Jody McDonald and John McMullen. Here we go, here we go. Who collectively have covered and talked about more than 50 plus years of Eagles football. Kick off your day with Birds 365. You'll get debate. We love to argue. You'll get the real story from inside the locker room. And you'll hear from some of the great football minds from around the region. You're about to become an Eagles insider. Get in the game. Join Jody Mack and Johnny Mack. And join the football community that flocks to Birds 365. Birds 365 starts right now. Welcome to the NFL. Let's go! Let's go! Let's go! Welcome to a May Monday here on Birds 365 on the Jacob Media YouTube channel. Your Mac on Mac guys, John McMullen and Jody McDonald kicking off another week as the countdown continues to many things. Opening of camp, start of preseason, the most important first Sunday of the season. Johnny Mac, how was your weekend? Uh, it was uh, it was non-eventful, which I think is good, Jody. I think a nice easy non-eventful weekend i'm happy with that i'm happy with that chevy how was yours it was not bad because there was a lot of sports on and i had to talk about it on uh, my national radio a lot of game sevens yeah Uh, game seven galore and once again gotta admit even though i'm a football guy yeah i didn't catch any of the usfl did you you watch any of that exciting action in the usfl this weekend you know, I didn't. I think this is the first time I haven't caught at least a minute or two. Uh, but, yeah, I'm with you. And that's what happens with these spring leagues, you know. There's a little bit of interest at the beginning. And the few people, the hardcore fans that tune in, they say, oh, this is pretty exciting. Let me get into some football. And then they go, oh, the product's not that good. And they go on to other things. It's it's it happens every single time and it's going to happen again the xfl is going to start up for the third time next year i don't know people never learn jody people aren't going to play pay for a minor league product i don't i don't know why people think they are and uh the little that i have watched and when i say little i mean very little uh it hasn't been like really bad football it's it's not nfl level but it's a reasonable facsimile I just don't know any of the guys. No, nah, well, that's part you of it. You have to too. relate to the guy. Yeah. You have to know the guy. You have to recognize when the announcer calls, here's a pass from player A to player B. Who the hell are player A and player B? If yeah. you don't know, yeah. you go, why am I watching this? And 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 there's the, you know, the Philadelphia Stars playing Birmingham. Everybody plays. There's no connection to it. I think there would be a little bit more exciting if the Stars played locally. I think there would be a, a decent. You've seen, I'm, I'm sure you've seen some of the crowds. They're non-existent. Um, so it's sort of like you, a. You mean the empty seats that they try yeah. not to put on the broadcast as exactly. much? Exactly. You can only do so much, but uh, 
your your essence you're taping it from a glorified tv studio and there's no atmosphere um and i think that hurts as well um you know who who knows if the if the generals you know because new york football has been so bad north jersey new york football maybe they could have latched on to something but you know what and you know, one of the parts I'm disappointed about, the Philadelphia Stars had this, you know, reputation as the best team in the inaugural USFL, and they moved to Baltimore as well, won a couple championships. You know, Sam Mills, uh, we're going to have Dombo on. You know, he's writing a book about him. He's in the Hall of Fame. So many good players on, on the original Philadelphia Stars team. I don't know. I don't like it. I wish they could have left it alone. Yeah, sorry. I watched NBA playoffs and NHL playoffs this weekend. I know we're a football show, and we're going to talk <laughs> football for the next NFL show. How about 57 that? Seven yeah. minutes, but uh, yeah, it's just not grabbing my attention. All right, will the Eagles grab our attention at all? We've gone through the draft. We've had the schedule release. These are tremendous off-season activities that the NFL has spun into attention-grabbing vehicles. God bless them. Not one football was thrown. Not one tackle was yeah. made. But somehow, for weeks, we've been engaged in talking about the draft and about the NFL schedule-making. Well, now we got to get into the uh, beat of it. Actual football being played. So with the Eagles, it'll be practice. With the Eagles, will be less practice than other teams because they're one of only two in the league that are not having any mandatory off-season stuff before camp opens up. They believe that less is more as far as off-season activity goes and practices and the like. How are the Eagle fans going to stay engaged, Johnny Mack, when the Eagles have a, and we'll find out over time whether they're right, wrong, or indifferent about this, uh, where they're not going to practice as many other teams. Is it just uh, put the green out there and everybody's going to pay attention for the little morsels that they get or the Eagles actually added a curve on this and they're playing this smarter than anybody else? Um, it's a good question. I've, I've talked about a lot. I, I don't know. The sample size is way too small. Like I think the Eagles immediately go to the conclusion that, Hey, we were pretty healthy last year uh, as opposed to the previous couple seasons. And look what we did. We should continue this. I mean, that is, you know, any, data science person, analytics person, whatever. That, that's a really small sample size. I would chalk that up to luck more than anything else. Um, and, you know, but we'll see. They believe in this and they believe this is the way to go. I think it's a more legitimate discussion, Jody, from their standpoint when they try to argue, well, look, this is the way the sport, the league is going because of the CBAs and things like that and the scale back in practices. So, you know, this is sort of the crux of the discussion. If you don't have time to prepare, and this is where I think a lot of NFL teams, not just the Eagles are going. If you don't have time to prepare, like you want to prepare anyway, why not get to the goal, which the goal in this case is week one, as healthy as humanly possible and the easiest way to be as healthy as possible is to be on the practice field as little as possible. So I get the part of the discussion, and I think it's a valid thesis. Um, and the Eagles have sort of developed this mentality, and this really goes back to Doug Peterson, because at the end of 
you know, even the Super Bowl season, I, I remember joking, all right, they've given up when Carson got hurt because they scaled back on practices. They were all banged up. I think people forgot how many injuries they had back then. Um, and they scaled way back at the end of the season. They weren't even practicing on Wednesdays, Wednesdays essentially. That's when all the walkthroughs started that they've continued. Um, and they went into more of a mental preparation mode. And it worked. It worked once. Um, and they kept doing it. And, you know, it's playoff berth. Uh, and, and worked a little bit, not as well. And then, of course, the last season was kind of a disaster. I don't think it had to do with health or not practicing or they just kind of, you know, it was one of those years. The snowball started rolling down the hill. So I don't I don't think the sample size is large enough to make definitive decisions, but I do think it's realistic to say, well, the old school Andy Reid to a day, Bill Parcells toughing people up, the callous theory, can't do it anyway. So why are you going to kill people? especially veteran players who need their legs later in the season. I think it's kind of valid. It's one of the reasons Jason Peters couldn't stand Chip Kelly because Chip Kelly had this mentality of, you know, 21-year-old kid gets treated the same as 36-year-old veteran who's been through the wars, which doesn't make sense either. So I see both sides of it. I don't know if there's a right answer. I think the right answer, as always in the NFL, Jody, talent. <laughs> if you have more talent, it generally wins out no matter what you do, to be honest. That's the way it works here in Philadelphia. Um, the talent does win out. But if you ask most Philadelphia fans, these Eagle fans and the other teams in town's fans, I'll get your uniform dirty. That counts more well, than yeah. talent actually does. That's just been a Philadelphia mindset for a long period of time. And speaking of mindset, I got to give the Eagles credit at least last year. And you take it back, rightfully so, to Doug Peterson, uh, less of a practicer than Andy Reid, and uh, maybe even more so going forward with Nick Sirianni. They did not have uh, mandatory uh, workouts last year. I thought that they specifically scaled back and took the word mandatory out of it to try and win over the players for Nick Sirianni. New coach (laughs) coming in. Never been a head coach before. At his less than stellar first press conference, that I thought they said, "Let's we we got to get a way to get the players on the coach's side. Let's lighten up on them. Let's give them non mandatory record. Let them choose if they want to show up or not." They showed up in good numbers. I feared there were going to be too many veterans who are going to go. All right, you're not going to make it mandatory. Guess what? That's an extended summer vacation week for me. I'll see you guys in a couple weeks. Um, but they didn't. They got guys to show up, whether it was for the coach's benefit or the player's benefit or for uh, sports science benefit, for whatever reason, they did get enough guys to show up and just come in on, on their own accord, which was a good sign. And we should have maybe looked into that a little bit more and known, hey, these guys look like they're ready to have a season if they're showing up, even when they're not mandata- uh, mandated to do so. Yeah, and I think uh, that's sort of the way the Eagles have framed it uh and it's i think it's valid but i do think they draw you know sort of the conclusion a little too easily in other words um i've always thought if they had still had mandatory minicamp remember 
You got to remember the environment last year, Jody. The the players' association was still wrangling about COVID protocols, so it was it was a big talking point from the players' association about we still need these protocols, we still still need this safety for our players league wide, not just in Philadelphia. So there was this push from the union to get players to say. Yeah, we're not going to show up for voluntary work. We need this to be healthy. We need this, blah, blah, blah. So I think if you take the COVID part of it out, which now it's out, um, I don't think there would have been a vast majority of, of, of players, you know, not coming in or not working. In other words, I think 90% of that had to do with COVID, had to do with the pandemic, had to do with the union fighting for these particular protocols at that time. Um, so I had no issue with it. Now they're gone for now, hopefully forever. Um, the protocol part of it um, from the player's perspective. Now, this year, if Nick Sirianni was the rookie head coach and he, he did the same thing and he had the bad first press conference, I don't think they would have skipped mandatory minicamp. I think they wouldn't have cared. They would have said, and I think the vast majority of players would have showed up. Maybe there's one or two. There's always one or two, you know, shopping for sconces. Well, uh, Kerry Williams dig, but, um, <laughs> you know, the, the vast majority would have shown up and would have wanted to say, hey, we got a new coaching staff. We got to put our best foot forward. Like always happens. It happens everywhere else in the league, but the rookie head coach, they didn't have big problems either. I think it was overblown by the Eagles from that perspective. In other words, they're saying this worked, this worked, this worked. It, it only happened because of COVID. You take COVID off and now you're saying it, it's purely from the Eagles standpoint, it's purely, and I've been told this directly, health and safety of the players, not COVID health and safety, but, um, you know, injury uh, related. So that's what they're sort of hanging their hat on, but they're framing it like it was a big success last year. And I think last year was, there's a lot of context that's always left out of last year. To be determined. Then we'll see how it plays this year. I hope it plays for the Eagles' sake exactly the same, that uh, comping them to the rest of the teams around the National Football League, their injuries are less severe. It may once again just be happenstance and coincidence, but they'll be able to make the argument. No, no, this is because we don't put our players at risk. We'll have to see how it plays out. All right. Uh, before we get our first guest up here, Paul Domwich of uh, Philly Mag and the 33rd team's going to hop aboard. Haven't talked to Domo in a couple weeks. I do have one more Nick question for you. Not Nick Sirianni. That would be St. Nick. The quarterback who took the Philadelphia Eagles oh, to no. the Super Bowl. I, I always get nervous uh, when that comes up. Well, but he's legitimately in the news. There was a report yesterday that Nick Foles, who was given his release by the Chicago Bears, free agent sitting out there, could be landing with a former Eagles coach. Yes, the Indianapolis Colts went out and got Matt Ryan, and don't kid yourself, he's going to be the starting quarterback. I hope they know in Indy that when you bring Nick Foles in, there will be a segment of your fan base that goes, hey, wait a minute, this guy won a Super Bowl. Why isn't he our starting quarterback? Get ready for that, Indianapolis. 
Uh, but Frank Reich might reach out and look to add a Nick Foles as his backup quarterback this year to Matt Ryan. Uh, the Colts believe they're back in the mix in that division. Tennessee traded their best wide receiver here to the Philadelphia Eagles. We'll see if Tennessee can be had in the AFC North. Um Nick Foles is a good backup quarterback. We didn't get to see it this past year in Chicago, but I've always believed he's a uh, phenomenal backup quarterback, and you don't need more evidence in 2017. I haven't seen Nick throw football in who knows how long, um, but I'm assuming he's close to the same level he was a couple of years ago here in Philadelphia. Not a bad move for Indianapolis, but the thing that grabbed my attention above and beyond everything else, including Frank Reich, is – the Philadelphia Eagles played the Indianapolis Colts this year. And since Nick Foles headed out of town a couple of years ago down to Jacksonville, ill-fated stop in Jacksonville, as a matter of fact, uh, to take over the Jags before moving on to the Bears. The Eagles haven't played Mr. Foles since. The schedule did not match up any Nick Foles quarterback team against the Philadelphia Eagles. Could very well uh, play itself out this year. Unfortunately, that's a road game because we've got Doug Peterson coming back to town. Carson Wentz coming back to town. Nick Foles could be on a team the Eagles play, but that game's going to be in Indy. I was doing a show this weekend on WIP with my buddy Glenn Mack now, and he asked me about the reception the ex-Eagles would get back here in town. Um, Nick Foles to the Colts as their backup quarterback. He going to step in and beat the Eagles this year coming off the no, bench. No, that'd be, that'd be a great story, Jetty. Um, uh, but, yeah. First of all, let me say this. I don't have any issue with any team bringing in Nick Foles as a backup quarterback, except this one. So 31 other teams, yeah, bring him in. Good backup quarterback. Uh, and you don't have the baggage. You don't have all the controversy it would start in any other city even though he did win the Super Bowl. Nobody cares in Indianapolis, even no. with uh, a former Eagles offensive coordinator. Nobody cares, so it's not that big of a deal. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you. He's a good backup quarterback. Bring him in. Um, at, except here, because, you know, the minute Jalen Hurts has a bad game, and by the way, the Eagles have a better backup quarterback right now. I think Gardner Minshew is one of the best backup quarterbacks uh top five at least in the league um nick would probably be in the top 10 i would say but if you force me to pick who's a better backup right now i would take gardner Minshew. um yeah i would take nick false um that aside you know not in this town because you know maybe from a football standpoint you could certainly argue it i mean nick's accomplished more i'm going more on projection age things like that but not in this town, Jody. I mean, the minute Jalen Hurts has a bad game, you know it better than anybody. You've been on the air in this market. For, I mean, it you're 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 inviting controversy. Now, it, it doesn't matter in any other city. They literally don't care, and it'll be about any other sort of starting quarterback, backup quarterback dynamic. So, from that standpoint, I would no problem with any other team doing it. But this. This city, no, you can't do it. And by the way, even Nick Bowles, the last time this came up, Nick said, I don't want to go back there. I don't want to go back there. So 
But if he came and Matt Ryan got injured, beat the Eagles, that'd be a heck of a story. I would say that. Just making note of it here on Monday, May 16th, that in week 11, when the Eagles go to Indianapolis, if Nick Foles either gets the nod because Ryan is injured or comes off the bench because Ryan goes down, it'll be the first time since he left town that Nick Foles got to play against the Philadelphia Eagles. It'll be a nice, easy Monday, uh, Birds 365 thereafter, because we know what the conversation would be about. All right, we're pretty sure we know we want to talk about with our next guest, schedule, upgrade, James Bradbury. Oh, yes, I'm going to beat that drum again today with our <laughs> next guest, uh, Paul Donwich from Philly Magazine and also the 33rdteam.com. Going to jump aboard here on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. Do you stream on a Roku, Fire Stick, Android TV, or Apple TV? Now you can watch 6ABC 24-7 with the 6ABC Philadelphia streaming app. The big story on action. Search 6ABC Philadelphia and start streaming today. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. What's that? Uh, a rocks glass? You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Holy shit. The glass is for cocktails, right? It's for this, this, this. And that. Is the length of the glass equal to your... You betcha. But is it made out of... Glass? Okay, but is the rim... Smooth? Will you stop doing... That? I'm the professional here. And you're telling me I can get one of these glasses for free? That's right. One free rocks glass per customer with each first-time purchase of Stateside Vodka. All from the company that's highly awarded. Zero cars, zero sugar, and deliciously tasting vodka. So good, it just disappears. Appreciate you streaming on in here on the Dick Media YouTube channel. John McMullen, Jody McDonald, Birds 365. 
joined by one of our faves uh, from the 33rdteam.com, former Daily News, uh, Eagles beat writer forever, and all-around knowledgeable football guy, and well-dressed guy today, we must add to the list, Paul Domwich, looking very Andy Reid-like. Um, yeah. What what had you grabbing that shirt out of the closet today, Domo? Eh, it's going to be a warm week. Yeah, finally. <laughs> finally, we're here. You're sure about this? Wait a minute. I, I got two weathermen with me. You're sure it's going to be nice? Because every week I thought it was going to yeah. be nice so far this year. At some point, the Hawkins come in, and I'm uh, going around picking up that – down limbs yeah. in my backyard. You're sure both you guys are sure it's going to be nice all week. I'm not going to go John Belaris certainty, but uh, yeah, it's going to be pretty nice. I, I will be, say. I think it's going to get to 90 by next weekend, so I, I want to be prepared. Yeah, that, and, that and would be you, nice. need, you need the hand towel, Tom, if you're outside. We all need that's that. Cool. Uh, that's yeah, the, <laughs> yeah, the trademark. Uh, Damo hand towel at training camp because he gets hot, Jody. It does. Well, we and Damo doesn't worry about that because in our first segment we were talking about the Eagles working less, less is That's more. True. That, 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 Eagles. that was the best part of Nick Sirianni. 90 minutes we're off. That that was I'm all for Nick Sirianni scaling back, <laughs> even though I don't think it's Nick Sirianni scaling back. No matter, I think it's that's a Howie Roseman. Dr. Arsh denoted decision. How much yeah. do you think Nick plays into that, Dama? Because I've yet to beat the football coach that I say it all the time that doesn't want to practice. Yeah. I mean, I think he's just, you know, Nick's in his second year. Uh, he's agreeable to anything uh, how he says right now. So, you know, I, I have mixed feelings about the whole approach of less practice to stay healthy because, you know, you got young guys that really need to learn. Yeah. Um, I mean, I have a, going back to just the whole limited OTAs that the, the union has, you know, got the uh, league to agree to. It's just, you know, it's why we see uh, kind of poor play early on in the season. It's why we see quarterbacks taking longer to, to kind of uh, progress sometimes. It's just, you know, I mean, I, I, even if it means risking injury, I think you got to have guys out in the field. That doesn't mean they have to be, hitting each other all the time, uh, you know, but, you know, like you don't turn it into a Dick Vermeil uh, training camp practice, but I think you got to get, you know, some of these guys need more time out on the field, uh, learning systems, learning mechanics, learning all that stuff. Damo, uh, we didn't have you on last week, so you haven't had a chance to comment on the complete Eagles draft. Howie Roseman did Howie Roseman like things moving up, moving back, moving around. This year, adding up to less picks, but picks he liked that much better. So uh, 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 certainly a Howie Roseman staple is his uh, fungibility on the draft. Did he play the game well? Did the Eagles add, uh, end up with enough talent? Signed a lot of undrafted free agents after the draft, and those are truly lottery picks. If fifth, sixth, and seventh rounders are lottery picks, what the hell are undrafted free agents? Uh, give me an evaluation of Howie Roseman's roster building on the draft and thereafter yeah you know i mean it's hard not to like it uh you know sure you'd like more picks but they did spend more money on uh, priority free agents so uh you know they kind of countered it uh with that but i mean picking up jordan davis i mean I, I you know we've talked about jordan davis for months and i mean i loved him from the start i thought he was a guy that they should target that you know if, if he was in their neighborhood uh, get him at all costs because i think he's going to be a a difference maker and not just, 
as a, you know, a, a big run plugging guy in the middle. I mean, I think this is a guy you can use all over that line. I think we're going to see him, you know, I could, I could see, I could see them moving him out in a wide nine on, in some passing situations just to get that, that power coming at a tackle or a, a running back or a tight end. I mean, there's no way you're going to slow him down. And he's a four, you know, he's running. We saw what he ran at the combine, what, four, seven, three. So I, I think he potentially could be a much bigger pass rushing difference in their defense than he was in Georgia, where, where the emphasis with the lineman was, you know, block, occupy, get out of the way for the linebackers. Uh, you know, I think all those guys from Trayvon Walker to Davis, they're all going to have bigger numbers in the NFL than they had uh, as linemen on that Georgia team because of the way the Georgia, the way they schemed that defense. And, and, you know, A.J. Brown, I mean, how can you, you know, it, it's a great move. I mean, they gave away a lot of picks for him, but, uh, you know, he's given Jalen Hurts another receiver, another difference-making receiver. So, I mean, that offense should be better. You know, N'Kobe Dean, I think the, 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 the reason he fell more is, you know, because of the fact that his career might not be as long because of injuries – as opposed to a guy that's not going to be able to, you know, going to miss games here in the first or second year. I think it's more of a Jeremiah Trotter kind of situation where, you know, knee injuries in the past might have, might shorten his career. So all in all, I love the draft, uh, how he's drafted, you know, I mean, starting with Davis uh, working on through to Calvin, you know, to the tight end from uh, SMU uh, and some of the the priority guys they got. I, I think it's a pretty solid draft, pretty solid class. Um, to play devil's advocate, Damo, what, what about the volume though, especially when you have the holes in the secondary and you mentioned yeah. the priority undrafted guys. Now you've been around a long time. Pedigree is a big thing in the NFL. So once you're a draft pick, you're always a draft pick and, you know, first round guys are expected to perform. We talk about Derek Barnett a lot. If Derek Barnett's a third round pick, nobody has a problem with him. Good rotational player. Uh, right. But he was the 14th overall pick. Um, same thing happens with the back end. Undrafted guys, Mario Goodrich, Josh Job, Josh Blackwell. You know, if they're six-round picks, people look at them a little bit differently. Like they're talking about Tate Gowan. Maybe Tate Gowan's got a chance. He was a six-round pick. Um, yeah. Do we put too much emphasis on 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 pedigree in this league? Well, I mean, that is a concern, John. I mean, you know, I mean, how he talks up a lot of those guys he traded for last year, late in the season, you know, the, the Gowans, the McCains. Uh, Terry you know, Vincent. Of, yeah, maybe one of those guys pans out. I mean, it, clearly they still have a hole at the other cornerback situation. I don't know if it's somebody, somebody on that roster that's going to be capable of filling it or whether they're going to have to go out and get one like they did with Darby late in camp, uh, late in the preseason. Uh, my guess is they're going to have to do that. Um, you know, I, I'm still not happy with their safety situation. Uh, they could, you know, they, they weren't able to really bolster that either. Um, but, you know, I, I, you know, I looked at the draft and, and looked at when, you know, where they were and, and, you know, second round when they took, when they, when they traded uh, or when they, when they got Dean uh, in the third round, I mean, you looked and, and there weren't any corners really, that you would have said they should have taken this guy as opposed to, Dean. I mean, I, so I, 
you know, it's it, it's still a need, but I, I don't blame them for not getting one, particularly because I don't know that there was one uh, sitting there when they were drafting. All right, Damo, I uh, need your thoughts on a player that last week when he became officially released, shoot, I was talking about it here on Birds 365 when he was still with the Giants, when it was just apparent that he was going to be released, uh, a guy that the Eagles should be adding across from Darius Slay, and that's James Bradbury, uh, former Pro Bowl cornerback who was released by New York last week. Uh, Pro Football Focus put out a uh, tweet this week uh, comparing the Eagle duo outside of Darius Slay if they added James Bradbury. And Slay replied with the big uh, eagle eyes that he would be quite interested in something like that. I am. I think Bradbury is still a Pro Bowl level cornerback. He had a good year last year in zone coverage, not as good in press coverage. But I think the guy is still a top 10 level quarterback. You don't have guys like this drop into the availability market at this stage of the year. Certain things have to be in place, like the Giants being in very bad cap space. Um, Very little rumors on the uh, Bradbury front uh, three or four days after he's released. Is that good news or bad news for Eagle fans? If they, like me, want to see Bradbury land here, I'm all for this guy and gung-ho about his potential signing. Are you... Is this a guy the Eagles should be aggressively pursuing? Well, this is typically a dead period right now because you've, you know, you've had your draft. You, you want to evaluate the people you took or signed. So it, it doesn't surprise me that they haven't openly shown any interest in him right now. I, I think he's a guy they should have some interest in later on along with that. You know, I don't know who else is going to be available, but certainly a guy that would, that would improve their cornerback situation. So yeah, from that standpoint, I think he's a guy that should be interested. Uh, you know, you bring up the dead period and, and you're right, Tomo. I'm just looking at my rookie camp roster and I'm trying to count up. I think the number was 19, um, um, tryout players, the Eagles brought in and, you know, you mentioned you want to see what you have. So we go back to our first question. And I asked Jody this last week. Like, I, I, what can tryout players show in this environment? Like, they're not doing anything. So I'm saying, you know, and, and once in a while, these guys show up and do something. And, and, you know, it's a long shot. But you had that ability in in the old environment where you can go in and have a rookie camp and say, this guy's, you know, this guy deserves a chance. And yeah. and both of us have seen that many times over the years. Um, and for the Eagles, I mean, yeah, it's a dead period. But to Jody's point, you're not going to learn anything about these young players. So you better have a decision made about what you're going to do. And it might yeah. not be Bradbury because I don't think they want to go to eight figures. And if he gets up and you know, the 10 million range. Okay. But you better have a plan B. Or you think you can learn something about these players. Well, you know, you got to see if they can sink some free throws on the, uh, (laughs) you know, how they are at rock, paper, scissors. I mean, there's a lot of ways to get, no, I mean, really, you're right. That's absolutely. I mean, all you, all you really can gauge from them having them in camp in, in these camps as a tryout guy especially since they're getting virtually no no reps uh is you know to see how they are they picking up the system do they look like they're gonna you know they're pretty quick at picking up systems uh 
you know, you're basically reading them. I mean, you're not you're not learning anything you didn't already know about their, their about their playing ability. So, uh, again, that's one one of the things that just uh, is very difficult in this new environment of, of you know, less is more. I Dom, I want to get your take on the Eagle schedule. I know we probably overhype this and over publicize it because shoot, as soon as the season's over, we know who the Eagles are going to be playing the next year. It's done by a formula. We just mm-hmm. don't know the date, the times that the game's going to be played. Well, we got that last week. Some primetime consideration for the Eagles, more so than the previous year. Uh, a couple of primetime games, the way the schedule lays out. Early seems relatively easy, which means they can get off to a fast start, unlike last year, which was a slow start, and then uh, came on to be able to make the playoffs and have a winning record. What do you think of the layout of the Eagles' schedule? I think it's very favorable. I mean, like you said, we knew who they were playing. We knew they had, along with the rest of the NFC East, the easy, you know, the, the one of the four easiest schedules in the NFL, strength of schedule-wise. Uh, but it's laid out very nice for them. I mean, this is a team that doesn't need to feel its way. I mean, it's most of these guys, including Hertz, have some experience now, so they can hit the ground running. Uh, you know, they got a schedule with you know, Detroit, Washington, Jacksonville. I mean, other than Arizona and Dallas uh, in that first group, they could be. I mean, seven and two and eight and one at, 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 in, when they get to November, and and you know, there's a there's a three games, you know, a real test is going to be they, they, they've had on the road with Indy, uh, Green Bay and Tennessee. I mean, those three games are going to be tough, toughest part of their schedule uh, other than the Dallas games. So, uh, you know, it, it lays out really well for them to to do what they didn't do last year. I mean, last year they had to play catch up, win at the end. You know, this schedule sets them up to take the lead, uh, gain some confidence and, uh, you know, have everybody else eat their dust. Whether that happens, I don't know. But, uh, you know, I like their schedule. Now, Warren Sharp uh, from sharpfootball.com and um, Peter King had this in his column this morning, uh, Damo. And, and, and by the way, Warren has worked for the Eagles as a consultant. So I, mm-hmm. I put that out there. Um, <laughs> but he came out, he, he you know, did the – grinded all the work that he does and he does one of the best jobs when it comes to strength of schedule uh because you and i know you can't go on last year's records yeah it's nfc east for a reason all four of those teams because they play the same division so that's why they're all clustered um so warren does a good job with it so he he came up with 21 teams playing either zero or one short week road game um which the NFL tries to do that. Uh, the Eagles play four, play four. Week three in Washington coming off a Monday night home game. Week nine in Houston on a Thursday night, which is a bad football team, but that's a really bad trip on a Thursday, Dama, to go down to South Texas uh, on a week with no preparation. Week 11 in Indianapolis when Jody has already made the assumption Nick Bowles is going to come back to haunt the Eagles on a Monday night home game. And week 16 in Dallas on a Saturday, which a lot of people have a short week because it's Christmas Eve. But And that's the end of a three-game road trip, which is really difficult for that spot to play your toughest rival and arguably the best team in the division. 
when you start to unpeel the onion a little bit like Warren did, is it a little bit tougher than maybe it looks at when you just say, oh, this team's bad, this team's bad, this team's bad? I mean, I guess it makes it more challenging, uh, puts a little bit more pressure on Nick to prepare faster uh, and to come up with a plan for making sure these guys recuperate uh, quicker. Uh, then they, but I mean, everybody's using the same techniques now with regard to uh, recovery. So I don't think that's going to be a problem. They've got a, you know, they're, they're, they're a fairly young team. So, uh, you know, from the standpoint of physical recovery, I don't think it's going to be a problem. I, I guess it, it's a little bit more challenging. I don't know what the numbers are on, uh, uh, you know, wins and losses, at, on, at, you know, playing a uh, road game on them after a Monday night. Uh, you know, it's not as good as playing on a Sunday, I'm sure, but uh, it still comes down to who you're playing uh, and when you're playing them. So I don't think it changes that much. I still think they've got a pretty good schedule. And here's the reason why, and I saw that note in Peter King's column, which was attention grabbing. Damn, they got four and it's, more than yeah. half of the league that have none or one, that did kind of jump out. But here's uh, the reason why I don't put too much emphasis on that. Yeah, the Eagles are playing in a shortened week. So is the opposition. It's not like they're on a short week and the other team got two extra days rest. No, it's short week for both teams. Anytime you play a short week. But they're yeah. on the road. So he made that, you know, that was the big part of it. Short week road game versus, you know, short yeah. week home game. So no, I guess I still, a little bit I still go back to you know one of their one of their more memorable wins was that Thursday night Green Bay Road win. Uh, when yeah, that, yeah. The, uh, 2018 was that the year after the Super Bowl or anyway, uh, you know that that was that the infamous why didn't we pass the ball more Jeff Laurie <laughs> to uh, Doug Peterson game yeah. that you're referring to? No, I mean they ended up no, winning that, that was, game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, the, you know the, that was another one, but yeah, Jeffrey. <laughs> the problem with short weeks is it is it comes down to specifics and mainly injuries. I mean, if you're a team that's completely yeah. healthy, short yeah. week is not a problem. It's like a, you know, it's like a pebble on a, on a highway. You know, if you're, if your offensive line has got three guys with, with the, uh, you know, hamstrings or, or uh, shoulder problems, you know, then you could use that extra time. So. Or uh, concussion protocols, you know, you get a you tough go. time getting cleared for a Thursday game versus a Sunday Absolutely, game yeah. uh, or even the extra day Monday versus Sunday. So uh, just a little nugget to throw out there. Uh, yeah. I, I do think, you know, Warren does a good job with the strength of schedule stuff. So he tends to uncover these sort of things. And obviously he has been a consultant to the Eagles. I don't know if he still is. We've had him on the show, uh, Jody. Um, he does a tremendous job. Uh, but I did want to bring that up. As a whole, I want to talk about the Cowboys on the schedule, Tom. I think there's good and bad to it. The, the bad I kind of mentioned, uh, late in the season, Christmas Eve, you got to go down to Dallas. And, oh, by the way, it's the third game of a three-game road trip. Now, the first two aren't that difficult, the Giants yeah. and the Bears, who look like two really bad football teams. But still, you don't want to play on the road, on the road, on the road. And then you have the holiday part thrown in. Nobody's happy except with Jerry's, uh, you know, he's going to put a good spread out at least uh, for everybody at Dallas. But it, it's a tough spot. The good part is 
and Jody and I have talked about this a lot, too often in recent seasons, late in the year, the Cowboys have played the Eagles, and it hasn't been meaningful because yeah. one or the other hasn't needed the game. So at least from that standpoint, it's exciting that we're going to have Cowboys-Eagles football that means something uh, both games this year. You would hope. <laughs> you want <laughs> You're right about the placement, though. Even the yeah. first one, they're coming. They're playing yeah. the first one after a road game in Arizona. So, um, you know, I mean, they're going to they need to split. They're not going to win both games against Dallas. They, they just can't afford to lose both if they're going to you know, actually have a legitimate chance at winning the division. Um, you know, they win that first one. Um, you know, that second one obviously might not mean as much, but uh yeah, I mean, it, it's kind of nice when those games at the end against Dallas mean something. Uh, you know, it, it gets old when they're playing the Giants in Washington for uh, either nothing or because, you know, they've got to win five in a row to make the playoffs. So Now, that's a positive. Conversely, I was going to bring up the Giants as well. You know, the Giants have kind of signaled. The two teams to me in the NFC, Damo, that have signaled, we're not ready, we're rebuilding are the New York Giants and the Chicago Bears. And the Eagles have them both. And I mentioned the first two legs of that road trip. But they also get the Giants twice late. And I think that's good for this reason. They're going to know they're bad by that point. The players are going to know it. They're going to be more worried about the top 10 pick, the draft picks, than anything else. That helps the Eagles to play those bad NFC teams and it's helped them the past couple years as well. I think that continues with the giants getting the giants twice relatively late in the season, including week 18. Yeah. And, and, you know, and we never know, like you mentioned, you guys mentioned earlier about the folly of of predicting schedules because we have no idea who's going to be good or who's going to be bad. You can't base it on last year. But I mean, when you look at the, even the end of the, you know, we talked about how favorable the beginning is, uh, it's very possible the ending, aside from Dallas. I mean, we don't. New Orleans could be horrible. I mean, uh, yeah. that could although be they're a, getting better, don't, they can go get there. Blo- You're going to yeah. end up looking bad like McMullen taking yeah. down uh, Mickey ripping. Loomis, yeah. nine and seven, same exact as the Eagles last year, no, and they've no, added no. the Honey Badger and Jarvis Landry. <laughs> don't, don't don't be bad mouthing the Saints, Tom. You yeah. look bad. I know, I know, I know. I still, I still want to see what happens at quarterback, but. Uh, uh, yeah, you're right. Oh, you know who might be their quarterback? I that know, Drew Brees guy. Yeah. He got fired this week yeah. by NBC. He's got nothing to do during the weekends uh, this upcoming fall. He might go back and play some QB for his old team. They're caught I, up in the Joe Banner trademark big name trap. That's what Joe yeah. calls it. Big name, big name trap. That's what the Saints are caught up in. I hope Drew you, comes what, out of it. You, know, you mean like Von Miller? That the uh, acquisition by the Rams this past year, big name. Oh, that worked okay for them. Yeah, he was all right. He was a uh, Aaron Donald was a bigger deal. You're tough, Jody. You're tough. Yeah. It uh, it works occasionally. It, it works. Does. It worked for the Broncos and Peyton Manning. That worked. That worked. Well, 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 it worked for Washington. Yeah, I don't know if it works for Washington. I think that OBJ guy played okay for the Rams before he got hurt in the he Super did. Bowl, too. It was another big-name addition by the world champion St. Louis Rams. I, a- 
I, they wish they were St. Louis, Jody. You gave the St. Louis Rams. Did I go St. Louis? Yeah. Uh, sorry, uh, Hollywood Rams. Um, Damo, I want to ask you to do something that you haven't been able to do for 30 plus years now. How long you been on the Eagle Beat? Nah, closer to 40. 40. So that's why I said 30 plus. I was being kind. I didn't put a hard, large second number on that 30 plus. Uh, right. You could wear that shirt rather than be well dressed in the uh, uh, press suite. Just be a fan. Eagles road games this year. I'm going to be a Debbie Downer here. The Eagle fans are going to all get mad at me. But uh, this road schedule that the Cal that the Eagles have stinks. Mm -hmm. There isn't a good road trip uh, among the Eagles road game. You going to Detroit in September? If you're an Eagle fan, going to shell out to get to Detroit? <laughs> no. Uh, Carson Wentz, you can go down to Washington anytime just to see Carson Wentz. No. Arizona's not a bad game, but if you're going to play Arizona, wouldn't you rather do it in like December when it's already getting cold here to go down there? No, you get that one in uh, early October. Houston, you're dying to see the. Uh, the Houston Texans at this stage, Davis Mills. Yeah, let's go down and see Davis Mills. All right, the Colt game, just because uh, Colts again. Um, Indy, don't want to call them the Baltimore Colts. Uh, because Nick Foles may play. Yeah, I like that one. Uh, Giants, Chicago. John just wrote them off for the entire season. They're not even trying. They're not even trying. Yeah. And then Dallas at the end of the year is Christmas Eve. You want to spend Christmas Eve in Dallas? I look at this. When are the Eagles going to take it on the road? They got one of the best traveling fan bases in the entire National Football League. You as the leader of the Eagles road trip, Damo, which game you picking to go to? Indy. Yeah. For two, for two reasons. One, Indianapolis is a very, very, very underrated city. Uh, I love it. I loved it when they had the Super Bowl there. It was the best Super Bowl that the NFL has ever had. Uh, with everything just so close to everything in, in downtown. Secondly, I think that game could could have two of the best teams in the in the league playing at that point. Um, I mean, I think Indianapolis with Matt Ryan is if they stay healthy, I think that's going to be a very very good team this year. I I do think Indy's a sneaky contender. The problem is there's so many good teams in the AFC, Damo. That if yeah. if Indy was in the NFC. I'd be a lot more excited about them. I thought really? you were going to pick uh, either the Swamp in North Jersey or the Swamp in, 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 <laughs> in Maryland, FedEx Field. Because who wouldn't want to see FedEx Field? Uh, uh, that's exciting. P. Damo. Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's what I follow uh, Paul on Twitter at P. Damo, 3013. He's going to be doing stuff for uh, Jacob Sports here with us come the season. Excited about that. We're going to announce that soon. Uh, his famous stats package for each game. Um, so that's uh, good stuff. You mentioned they're going to be two good teams. How good do you think this team could be for the Eagles? What do you think their ceiling is as a team? Well, I mean, I think they they're, they're, there's going to be – I think they potentially could be a, a 10 or 11 win team. Uh, it's always – I always have trouble – Doing the math now with that, yeah, 17. 17. Yeah, right. uh, 11 and seven is, is it? I think it's certainly a possibility. No, wait, no, that's yeah, 11. You got to go 11 and six. We'll get to 18. We'll get to 18 soon enough, Tom. Yeah, wishful thinking. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know whether they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender yet. 
Uh, I mean, everything hinges on that quarterback. I mean, if Jalen Hurts truly makes a, a major step here, I mean, they, they've given him the weapons. He's got – he's going to have one of the best offensive lines in front of him. Um, I mean, there, there are no excuses. I mean, we're going to find out about Jalen. And if, and if he's good enough, I think this team could go uh, deep into the playoffs. I don't know if – like I said, I don't know that they're a legitimate Super Bowl contender yet. Uh, but I think they, you know, they can make noise in the playoffs, you know, if that offense gels and if Jalen Hurts gels. Because the deep, uh, I know they've got the, you know, we've talked about the defensive shortcomings, guys. I, I just, I help. I think that what they've done with the linebackers is going to make a big difference, and, and with the edge rusher, with the with the uh, their their front four, because I think they've got more flexibility up front now to to move all of those guys around and confuse defenses as far as who's coming on rushes and. And where they're coming from, and I think a, you know a big part of those linebackers. The Eagles gave up. I kept track of the tight uh, how tight ends did against them last year. They gave up eleven touchdowns passes yeah. to, to tight ends, and I think with this group, the speed that it adds. Uh, I mean, Nicobe Dean's not a great coverage guy, um, but I you know Kazir White. Uh, I think if Davion Taylor is 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 stays healthy. I think they'll be better against tight ends, uh, and with if, if the pass rush is better. It can't be any worse uh, with Jordan Davis and 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 uh, Reddick and the guys they've added. Um, you know, I think they'll be. You know, I could see I could see them being eleven eleven and sixteen. Well, I think you guys are underestimating the loss of Zach Pascal, elevating the Indianapolis Colts. I. Don't know how they're going to be able to get along without Zach, but uh, uh, be look. careful. Zach already blocked me because he hit Jody. <laughs> Jody got me blocked by Zach Pascal. Wow. Uh, sorry, John, and sorry, Zach. Don't care. I uh, have my evaluation of Zach Pascal and, until he shows yeah, up. I'm just by, by the way. I'm just blaming it on Jody. I have, no, I have no idea if it was Jody. It was probably me. No, I, I don't feel free to drop it in my lap, John, because I don't care. I don't care if Zach Pascal blocked me. I wouldn't know if Zach Pascal blocked me. Don't care. I'm giving you my evaluation of what he does bring to the field. We'll find out what he does here. Um, it's the Eagles now. At one point, he was their wide receiver three. Now he's their wide receiver four. Uh, let me finish there with an A.J. Brown question. Gets the big payday. Happy to be here. Yeah, suppose, and I didn't know this until the Eagles started to pursue him that he and Jalen Hurts are this tight that they've been boys for years and that they work out together during the offseason. Now they're working out as teammates, good for them. The Eagles last year were the most dedicated running team in the National Football League. We believe out of necessity more than actual philosophy, and we think that's going to change this year, going to throw the ball uh, that much more. Is A.J. Brown going to be happy with his targets? He's coming in here. He's wide receiver one. We know that. But Devonta Smith is that good. And he may just be able to equal and or surpass an A.J. Brown this year. The Dallas Goddard got his payday last year. They're going to want to get him the ball. Um, the Eagles are effective running it. Are they going to have the right balance this year? Do you think Nick Sirianni's got it laid out exactly what is best for him as far as run-pass ratio goes? going into the season? Well, I don't think we're going to see what we saw last year because I don't think you can win long-term and, and win you know, on a on a big scale with that heavy a running game. Uh, and I don't think it helps Jalen. 
Um, yeah, I, I think there's going to be more balance. I don't, whether A.J. Brown is happy, I, you know, you didn't even mention Dallas uh, Goddard or yeah. the running backs, which are going to get more throws. Um, but I, I, you know, I don't think he's going to make a lot of noise in his first year, especially since he likes the quarterback. Um, so I, I think, I think Nick's going to find a pretty good balance. Uh, I think he's still going to lean heavy on the, on the run. Um, you know, and a guy I really like that I think is going to end up maybe being a factor is a guy they signed as an undrafted free agent, Kennedy Brooks. Right, come gonna- on. That's your wife, Domo. That's Oklahoma. She's gotten in your <laughs> ear. We know that. Absolutely. But the kids, <laughs> I, watched, I watched the kid play a lot. He's a good power back. I mean, he's not particularly fast, uh, but they need somebody with Gainwell and Sanders who's going to get the hard yards inside. So, uh, but to get to get to your question, I think that they're going to run less, but there'll still be a team that's going to emphasize the run. Uh, and how I think he's also going to gauge how Jalen does as far as how comfortable he is with the passing game. I mean, that's why they went in, into the, the run game shell last year, because they had to take the pressure off Jalen. He was struggling. So if they come out and he's throwing the ball great and he's hitting these guys that he loves, um, they'll do more of it. If, 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 if he's struggling, then they go back to the run game. I, I think that having the line they do gives them the versatility to do whatever they want to do. Damo, great stuff. We appreciate it. Whenever you hop aboard, uh, feel free to keep that wardrobe coming. Next time we get John, see if he's got another Andy, Andy Reid collection since Damo and John both said it's going to be beautiful this week. Uh, over 90 every single hot. day. I don't know. You know, people who don't oh, like it's hot. Beautiful. Yeah, it's going it's to rain like hell uh, later today, so uh, yeah. cover your head. <laughs> Damo, thanks, buddy. Appreciate you hopping on, boy. Paul Damo from the 33rd team and going to be part of the new um, online section of Jacob Media, Jacob Sports. Uh, details yet to come on that one. John McMullen, Jody McDonald here with you on Birds 365. Got a good guest in hour number two as well. Matt Verderam from fansided.com. Uh, NFL writer is going to jump aboard. We'll talk about the league and certainly some Eagles. Matt Verderam next hour. But Johnny Mack and I coming back right here on Birds 365. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment. And it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News.
in Philadelphia. We celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to ready, go to look, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resorts. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. John McMullen and Jody McDonald. Here we are on Birds 365, hour number two, rolling your way on a May Monday. We're counting down the days until certainly day one, game one. But Eagle training camp, uh, Eagles preseason game. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. You just take your shot. It doesn't feel like you're on a diet. What I wasn't expecting it to do was to shut off the food noise. This was life-altering, and if I can do it, I feel like anybody can do it. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Games. Yeah, the, the preseason schedule came out. I, I, did the preseason schedule come out with the regular season, or did it come out earlier and I'd forgotten? And I uh, it? No, it came out um came out the eagles announced it with the regular season schedule so right they, they announced it at once they usually announce it uh at different times um you know back 
the the NFL schedule used to be announced mid-April, so before the draft, usually around 16th, 17th. They keep pushing these things back to better work out that calendar I always yeah. talk about to make it a bigger event. Um, so, you know, preseason is a little bit different because you're always negotiating and it keeps changing. Remember, we're back to, from four games to three games. So the greatest tradition in sports is no more, Jody, the, the, the Eagles Jets preseason finale. I can't believe it. They're yeah. opening up against each other opening this year. Up, what happened yeah. to closing it out? Yeah. Well, that's there's no more four games. So, and when they get to eighteen, Dama was jumping the gun with eleven and seven. But they're going to get to eighteen, and that's going to mean it's scaled back even further to two games. So, yeah, the preseason's getting less and less meaningful as it is. But you know, nobody plays as far as the veterans go. Um, they push back those cuts. Remember, you used to have back in the days, you used to have the incremental cuts. Now it's the one big cut. Uh, So you have the vast majority of your 90 players for the whole time. And that means you can play um, a lot of backups for the majority of the preseason. Um, So everything keeps changing. And this year, the the joint practice uh, with the Browns is not official, but it's pretty much official. And we'll see if they work something out with the Dolphins or the Jets. It's always easy. Um, last year they went up to the Jets facility. This year the Jets could come down to um, the Eagles facility. We'll see how that works out. So it's always sort of a personal negotiation more than a league thing when it comes to preseason games. Yeah, Friday, August 12th is the scheduled game between the Eagles and the Jets. That is not right. Of the three preseason, I guess games. the Masters can have the the saying now a tradition like any, <laughs> unlike any other. They, they used tra- to be Jets Eagles preseason. Right, I don't know if people knew back. that. Yeah. Uh, and it's in Philly this year because uh, Eagles have the extra home game during the regular season, which means they only have one preseason game, which will be that first one, August twelfth. Think about it. You get to go to a game August twelfth, and then oh by the way, they're not playing another game. At home until when? Because they open up on the uh, road. Week two, so week two, uh, Minnesota, so August twelfth to September nineteenth. Yeah, Jay Mac, that's like six weeks. Yeah. You get to see your birds once, and then they go away again for six weeks. What the hell? Well, the Lincoln Financial Field people—they'll have plenty of time to get everything ready uh, for that the, o- the home opener, Monday night opener against at home against the Vikings. I, so I gotta. I guess I gotta get my calendar out. Write that one down in advance. I am planning on being in Lincoln Financial Field on Friday night, August twelfth. The question is, will I be sitting next to John McMullen in the press box, or will I try and get my hands on some tickets and be able to just go and watch it as a fan? That I haven't decided yet. But I well, I to- think you can get tickets. But uh, right, yeah. yeah. Pre preseason tickets are not the toughest get on the face of the planet. Yeah. So I'll I'll probably lean in that direction. But I could go. I haven't been up in the press box in years. I used to be there every single week when I was the host of the Eagles pregame radio uh, host uh, in the early in the early mornings when we started well before the for one o'clock kickoffs, getting breakfast in the press box. I haven't been up there in a long time, so uh, I maybe maybe I should make an appearance up there. That's to be determined. All right, Johnny Mac, I got to ask you a couple of over-under numbers. 
I was on a couple of uh, wagering websites this past weekend, and NFL Futures was one of the things I wanted to check out. And almost across the board, I think I saw one that had it at nine, but almost across the board, every website has the Eagles over under number of wins this year at eight and a half. Yeah, I saw that. A little low to me, Jody. It absolutely is low. They won nine games last year. They punted their last regular season game and threw the JV out there against the Dallas Cowboys. Maybe they could have won 10, but they surely had no shot with the lineup they put out there. To me, they're an improved team. They've got a better roster. Second-year coach, another year for the quarterback. Um, Not saying they're winning 13 games, but how do they come back a half a game less this year than what they achieved last year when even if you believe that the – oh, man – I told you I did a show with uh, our my buddy and uh, our guest from Friday when it was a triple Mac attack, Glenn Macnow, Sunday on, on WIP. He said it with us here on Friday, and then he said it on Sunday as well. I guess he's going with it all year. He calls the football squad from Washington the commies. <laughs> and, yeah, I, I'm as much of a flippant guy as anybody else, but I'm not going to go there. Uh, but Macnow is more power to him. Even if you believe the football team from Washington, formerly the Redskins, maybe you now call them the commies. The commies. The Commodores. The commanders. But they could be, we could call them the Commodores too. We call them anything we want. That's the beauty of this. Even if you believe they're better, why with Carson Wentz at quarterback? I don't know. Uh, The Giants. New coach, new general manager, but they're losing talent rather than adding talent. I don't know how you make the argument that the Giants have actually gotten better. Why are the Eagles only at eight and a half on an over-under? Quarterback. Quarterback. The quarterback um, The quarterback was the same, right? The quarterback hasn't changed. Yeah, he won nine games. The team led by Jalen Hurts won nine games last year. I'm talking about the belief in the quarterback. So, you know, it's more of a national thing. And we're going to have Matt Bergeram on uh, in a little bit. And I noticed, and Godspeed to Matt for this, he did the old 272 regular season Does games. Does it every and, year. And he picked every single one of them. Um, and it, so I was looking at week one just real quick. Take a look at He's got the lines beating the Eagles. 27-24, I think uh, he, he had. Um, now, nah, I don't agree, but we'll, we'll ask him. But I will say it's a difficult it's a, it's a difficult spot than if you're and I've already said this then if you're playing the lines in week eleven when they know they're bad, you know they're going to be hyped up. It's the home opener for them. There's going to be one fans are jacked up about. It's going to be that one. It's going to be more difficult than Eagles fans expect. But to get back to your point, why are the and by the way I think that number's low. I think it's a good opportunity to people to go make some money because I got the Eagles at ten or eleven wins. Yeah, um, you know, early in the process, Damo had them at eleven. I think you had them at eleven on Friday. Um, I I think they're better than that. I think there, there's an opportunity, but a lot of national people don't believe in the quarterback, and if you don't believe in the quarterback and you think people are going to adjust to him, and you mentioned he 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 was able to be a playoff quarterback. Yeah, but 
one thing I always say about the NFL. Now you've heard this cliche. Everybody's heard this cliche, Jody. It's a copycat league, right? But it's a slow moving copycat league. So, you know, and I've seen it with a lot of quarterbacks over the years, you know, one, one defensive coordinator figures out, all right, this is what you do to stop this particular quarterback. And then everybody is sort of on a lag and they look at that film and they start adjusting. The point is there's adjustments. So, you know, you got to keep evolving as a quarterback as well. And look, there are people filled out you locally. I think, you know, are very hopeful. I know the Eagles are very hopeful that Jalen Hurts improves. There's a lot of people nationally that think he's not a top-tier quarterback, and I think that affects numbers like that. That's my reasoning for it. I think it's an opportunity for, for fans to to bet on their favorite team and win some money. I'm going up to uh, Parks on Friday for uh, a handicapping seminar for the uh... – Preakness uh, this Saturday coming up at uh, Pimlico uh, down in uh, Baltimore. I might have to step by and put a, because uh, that's one. If you're going to bet a future bet, you want to have a ticket because then you got it all year. Because you, you're, you're not going to get paid on it. You're not going to get any action on it. You're making a bet on a Sunday five minutes before kickoff. You put it on your phone. You know you're going to get it uh, the result uh, three hours and change later. If you're going to buy a futures ticket, a bet that you're not going to find out whether you're a winner or a loser for six months. Yeah, I actually like to have a ticket, so I might go into the uh, wagering outlet up at Parks if I'm going to put some money on the Eagles on over, which I absolutely am. I can't believe they're only eight and a half. I think it should be at a minimum nine, if not nine and a half. Uh, so I think that's a plus. It's plus 125 or 130 or something like that, at least on the Parks uh, app so so you, you got to give a little juice because it does look like an eagles over wager but i would be willing to do that doesn't matter once you cash um so i'm leaning toward that all right want to give you another over under as well for the upcoming season this past year this receiver had 38 receptions for 384 yards and three touchdowns i'm gonna just hold those numbers and set them as the over-unders. Zach Paschal did that for the Indianapolis Colts. This year, he'll be playing for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, John McMullen... You're getting me in more Zach Paschal trouble. Zach Paschal, over-under number of catches, 37 and a half. Under. I'm going under. Um, and, and to me, the only way he gets over is injury-related, and if he plays a lot. Um Look, the Eagles have too many weapons now. They want to get the we, – we just talked about it with Tomo. They want to get the football to A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith, Devont, uh, Dallas Goddard. Not only those guys. They want to – they think Kenny Gainwell is going to be a splash, have a big second year as a receiver out of the backfield. You want to get Quaz Watkins involved. I mean, and this is a run-first team. This is not, you know, proven to be the team that's going to throw for – 4,500 yards. Now, maybe that happens, and hopefully they can evolve into that. But right now, we're worried about getting touches to the the, the big guys. Um, and as far as the trickle-down effect, no. I mean, the, the fourth and the fifth receivers on this team, 
are not going to get a lot of, lot of targets. The, the tight end too, isn't going to get a lot of targets. The, you know, I don't think Miles Sanders is going to get a lot of targets. Um, too many, too many hurdles in front of Zach Pascal. Yeah. So is uh, 384 yards not reproducible this year? Barring injury. No. Now, you know, one injury changes all that, but you know, that's kind of what, when you make a bet like that, if you're going over, you're kind of hoping that, and you probably don't want to do that as an Eagles fan, that somebody gets injured and he's forced to play more than expected. And then the numbers become very gettable, but only, only due to injury. And I'll give Zach Pascal this much credit. He, uh, in his first three years in the league, played in all 16 games. Last year, he played 16 out of 17. So when you're factoring injuries, potential injuries for other players that would open up opportunities for Zach, you also have to factor in, yeah, Zach could get hurt. Yeah. Probably not because he's been injury-free for the most part in his NFL career. And, oh, by the way, yeah, I don't think he's going to be getting all that many snaps. you got to be on the field to be able to accumulate numbers and or to get injured. And Zach got pushed significantly down the depth chart with the acquisition of A.J. Brown. Uh, so his numbers, if you got in on him early, I don't even think any wagering site would put out numbers this early on Zach Pascal. But if you did, uh, we put him out just in theory here on Birds 365. Yeah, I don't think he's going to be getting all that many opportunities to have the ball thrown his way. I, John McMullen and Jordan McDonald here with you on Birds 365. We give you the Eagle perspective. Like to get a national guy on every once in a while. The out-of-town look gives you a little balance and perspective on the upcoming season. Uh, we'll get Matt Bertram from Fansided to join us next. Uh, love the fact that he's already picked all 272 games this yeah. year, including a loss by the Eagles week one. What, Bertram? <laughs> we'll ask him about it. Uh, great exercise picking all the games. Matty V from uh, Fansided and uh, – his uh, favorite podcast, Stacking the Box as well. Going to stack it with us next year on Birds 365. Field of life. First Trust Bank is there for you. Because Philadelphia dreams deserve a Philadelphia bank. At Action News, we cherish every moment, and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world. Never miss a moment. Trust the people at Action News. In Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago, and then the following morning. 
IBEW Local 98 members went back to work building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, IBEW98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready. All right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to look, fake a mom. Mama, go. Oh, mama! She did it. Again. You can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh-huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass. Free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Got Maga Mac here on Birds 365. John McMullen and Jody McDonald, and we add a third voice. A very uh, well informed one at that. Uh, he covers the entire National Football League for fanside.com and is stacking the box, uh, box podcast with one of the best football podcasts out there. Matt Verderam joins us here on Birds 365. Uh, Maybe, no, you took a vacay week after uh, the draft and then had to come home and pick all 272 yeah, games you needed for the upcoming it. NFL season. All right, do you need vacation again now? I have a six-week-old daughter, so, yeah, I need vacation for, like, the next five years. <laughs> you won't get one until at least 18, so get used to it. Man. But, uh, um, yeah, how, first of all, it, you've been doing this for a while, so how long does it take you to pick every one of these games? And I do like the exercise, because one thing that drives me crazy is you'll see people say, uh, they'll go down the divisions and they'll say someone so is going to go 11 and six and, but they don't match them up. So it doesn't, you know, it doesn't mean that much. So what it, I think it's a valuable exercise in the fact that all the teams get matched. So you have, well, you have a winner, you got to have a loser and it makes right. a little bit more sense. I, so it actually, so this is the fifth time I've did it or I've done it, I, I should say. And it was actually born out of that. John, it drove me nuts when I'd, I'd look at somebody's schedule predictions and somehow like 18 teams had double digit wins. <laughs> that can't happen. Yeah. So um, I also like doing it because it familiarizes me with the schedules for every team. It gives me a little bit of an idea. Like, for an example, like the Dolphins are really improved this year. I think most people feel that way. However, they have the hardest three-game trip of any team. There's only four teams that have a three-game road trip this year. The Eagles are one of them. Yeah. The Chiefs are one of them. The Packers are one of them in Miami. Miami's three-game road trip is late in the year. It is all the way across the country against the Chargers. Then it's all the way across the country against the 49ers. And then it's up to Buffalo in late December. Ooh, that is, I mean, yeah. good luck. You and, and so what that helps me to do is realize, as I'm covering the league in September, Miami better get off to a fast start. Because if they don't, they're in deep you-know-what. 
because they're probably not winning those games. So I do it because it helps me to just kind of get used to everybody's slate. It also helps me that sometimes you'll look at a team and maybe in your head you go, ah, eight, nine. But then you look at their schedule and it's a lot easier than maybe you thought. You know, that team might win 10, 11 games because they have a really, really easy slate. It sets up well for them. So while I feel like a maniac picking every game in May, <laughs> um, it actually really does uh, help me out a little bit to cover the season. More power to you, and it does. It gives you a really good perspective. Uh, you just laid one out there, which we're feeling a little bit here in Philadelphia. Maybe you're not, because John told me he's already looked up your pick and you got the Eagles losing week one. Eagles at Detroit, home Minnesota, at Washington, home Jacksonville. You make a serious argument the Eagles can get out 4-0, and if not, 3 and one's not too shabby either. Uh, we look at strength of schedule, break it down into quarters or halves, or how are you going to do it? Would you not agree that the Eagles' first four games are uh, on the easier side for them? I would. And if I actually, if I had to bet my mortgage, I probably would pick them to go 4-0. The, the thought process is week one is always just weird. Yeah. Team, you know, there, there's always upsets. And when I pick these games – I always try to factor in that I think good teams, no matter who you are, you're always going to lose some game you shouldn't. It's just the way it is in the NFL, right? And then there's always that upset that like you know, a team like a Detroit that I don't expect to be particularly good, there's always that weird game that they win because, you know, for whatever the reason. Like last year, week two, Detroit lost in a 66-yard field goal to Baltimore. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just one of those games that they should have won. Um, it's a home opener. I think the Lions are improved. Now, do I think the Eagles are better? Yeah. Um, and in a normal circumstance, they should win. I think the Eagles are actually a really good team. Um, look, you look at their record, I picked them to go 10 and 7. And I think if you look at that, so you basically think they're the same team. I don't. Their schedule this year, even though the beginning of it is a lot easier, I think is harder this year. Uh, you know, Washington should be better uh, to some degree. And last year, the Eagles, for all their success, they didn't beat many good teams. I think this year they will beat some good teams. I think they will make the playoffs again. They'll be much more of a threat this year. I love the A.J. Brown trade, and, and they had a nice draft. So, um, look, I think the Eagles have a very good shot to get off to a hot start. And while I do think Washington's somewhat improved, I don't think they're massively improved. And Dallas, I think, is probably at best the same. They might even have taken a step back, with, you know, losing Amari Cooper and Lyle Collins. Uh, one of the things I was surprised at, and, and by the way, so people don't attack Matt in Philadelphia, he does have the Eagles making the playoffs. So, uh, <laughs> you can all settle down as a 10 win team, but I, I do think a lot of us looked at the way this off season went, Matt, and said, well, the AFC is loaded, uh, loaded, uh, with emerging quarterbacks, uh, you know, superstar receivers right, all over the place. Um, but you got the NFC still, you know, with really, really good teams. And we know the Super Bowl champions starts with them. The LA Rams, you have a 12 wins, Tampa Bay, Tom Brady's back 13, uh, Aaron Rodgers basically guarantees you 12 wins. I've always said that you still have Dallas at 12 wins, which people are, aren't going to like a little surprise. Were you surprised how, how many good uh, scenarios you had for for NFC teams? I, you know, I I was, I when I look at the NFC, I think there are three teams that are better than the rest, and I think that's L.A., Tampa, and Green Bay, and I would actually say Green Bay is a third in, in that grouping. Um, 
I was surprised to be frank. I had Dallas at 12 and five. I didn't think I'd have them uh, at 12 wins. I thought I'd have more around 10, but I thought the schedule again, I think the division look, Washington is slightly improved. I still think Dallas is capable of beating them handily. And the giants, I don't, I don't believe until I, I see any kind of real progress out of the giants. Yeah. So, um, Look, I, I think Philadelphia is the only team that's capable of knocking them off in the division. Like, if you said to me the Eagles win that division, I would not be surprised. Uh, I think it just depends on how much of a jump does Jalen Hurts take. I've always been a Hurts guy. I like him. Uh, I think the Eagles like him because this is a year they went out and they they really improved around him. I mean, A.J. Brown is a, is a guy with Devonta Smith. Those are two real weapons and different weapons. You know, one guy, obviously, a burner more of a lanky guy. The other guy's a big guy, a guy who you can throw an eight-yard pass, who can run a corner and a safety over and go to the house. So um, I think in the NFC, look, you could make a case for a lot of teams as that fourth team in the NFC in my eyes. You could make it for the Niners, but you don't know what you're going to get out of that quarterback situation. I don't don't know what you're getting out of Garoppolo and or Trey Lance. If I'm a big Trey Lance guy, it kind of worries me, Jimmy Garoppolo, still on that roster. you know, like, why? Do you not have the confidence in him? Can you just not trade Jimmy Garoppolo? Like, what's going on? I think the Eagles are better than anybody in the NFC South, not named Tampa. And I'd put them right there. I mean, the NFC North, maybe Minnesota, but the Eagles have proven more in recent years than, than the, the Vikings have. So, look, the, the Eagles, I think, stack up pretty well, save for those top three teams. Those top three teams, in my eyes, um, they all have flaws, but I think they're the best three teams. Whereas in the AFC, because you mentioned how deep it is, I I just think the AFC is a meat grinder. You're going to have yeah. teams that are really good that don't make the playoffs. Like I was sitting there making those picks, and I looked at Denver. And Denver went out and got Russell Wilson, signed Randy Gregory. I have him as a seventh seed, and the only reason I have him as a seventh seed is I don't know if Watson's going to play the whole year for Cleveland. Like I almost didn't even pick them to make the playoffs. So um, I do think the AFC is more loaded, but I think the NFC after the top three is really pretty wide open. All right. Uh, John mentioned this earlier in the show. He and I are uh, in lockstep on this one. A couple teams in the NFC. I'd actually add another one with Seattle uh, that really aren't competing this year, that they're oh. acknowledging with their roster moves. Hey, we're not winning this year. This is going to be about getting better down the road. Yep. And that's the Giants and the Bears. I'd put Seattle in there too if they're really going to start. And you can throw Atlanta in there oh, as well. Atlanta's yeah, yeah, Atlanta. So you got a couple teams in the NFC that just know that they're not in the mix, even though it's the second of the two conferences. They're still not in the mix. Eagles have three games against the Giants and the Bears. They got the Bears. They got the Giants twice because they're in division. You got to go three and zero in those games, don't you? If you want to stay with Dallas in the NFC East, make a run, uh, a race for the championship, and win double digit games. Last year they did lose one of the two to the Giants. Can they win all three of those games, even though two or three are on the road? Yeah, they better. They better win those games because um, you're right. I mean, look, Jody, I, I I agree with you. I mean, the Bears. I'm based out of Chicago, and people are basically already looking at the draft for next year i mean there there is no hope for that that team is a mess i've never seen a team just actively try without trying to sabotage their young quarterback as the bears have i mean they're about ready to sign the three of us to go play receiver so uh no they're terrible and the giants this is all about cleaning up what dave gettleman left behind that's all it says right if you're joe shane and that's why bradbury's gone it's just you're just trying to clean house clear the deck 
yes, you know, for Mary, you're trying to see what Daniel Jones is. I think we've seen what Daniel Jones is. I, I unless Brian Dable can perform a miracle, I, I don't think Daniel Jones is long for New York. And then I would look, I mean, even though I actually have Detroit winning the game, I mean, Detroit's better, but Detroit is a team the Eagles should beat. I mean, that's kind of the one upset I picked the other way because, again, I think every good team has one game for whatever reason. It just goes the other way on them. But the Eagles should win that game. Um, you know, and you're right. There's a lot of teams, you know, Carolina. Carolina is not doing anything in the NFC. I know that now they're, now they're trying to because Matt Rule knows that if they don't win this year, that might be a – it might be time to start looking for new real estate, but they, they're terrible. Um, Atlanta is off. I think Atlanta, if you took a poll of most hardcore NFL fans and said name five guys in the team, they couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, that roster is horrendous. So you've got a lot of teams, Seattle, I'm with you. Like they're, they're awful. So you get a lot of teams in the NFC, if, as long as the Eagles are healthy, you look at and go, well, they're, they're way better than those teams. And that, you start eliminating teams like that, as long as you don't get hurt, you're going to, you know, the way it is in the NFL, a couple of teams are going to have injury problems, will knock them down. So I think the Eagles, you know, are in really good shape. And between the beginning of the schedule and just the, the shape of the conference, I, I think it's, it shapes up really well for Philadelphia. Uh, Matt, I want to talk about a team I've been talking about because I just haven't understood Mickey Loomis and his plan. Um, and that's the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he seems to think they're a contender. Um, you know, they're acting like a contender when you bring in Jarvis Landry and you, you bring in the honey badger. Um, they recently, as we know, Drew Brees started, you know, rumblings of maybe I'll play again, but at 43, you know, 18 months off playing, I'm not sure that's the answer. They lost a hall of fame quarterback, a hall of fame coach. He seems to think they're ready to compete in the NFC. What do what do you say? I see a five hundred team, eight or nine wins. Um, they're they're pretty good defensively. Marshawn Lattimore, Honey Badger. I watched every snap of his last year in Kansas City. The last three years in Kansas City, he is still a good player. He was not the player last year. He was the first two years. I think there's a reason the Chiefs were allowing him to move on. The Chiefs never made an offer to him. Um, now that doesn't mean he's not a good player. He was a pro bowl last year. I think deservedly so. Um, but at 30 years old, is it, is it one of these things where, Hey, he's going home, LSU guy, grew up in Louisiana. He finds the fountain of youth possibly. Um, but listen, between he and Lattimore and Demario Davis and, and having, of course, Cam Jordan up front, I think they're good defensively. My question with the saints is I don't know what you're getting from them on offense. And I get, Michael Thomas is coming back and Jarvis Landry is coming in. Jarvis Landry, I mean, you remember when he first was out of Cleveland, got cut, he wanted 20 million a year. Yeah. <laughs> it took one year for up to six. Yeah. Which says nobody wanted to pay him anything. Um, I, I have my question. I mean, Chris Olave, hey, listen, like every other rookie receiver in the world, he could be great. He could be 400 yards. You don't know. I mean, hell, Eagles fans know that. Look at the difference between Devonta Smith and Jalen Rieger. Yeah. You don't know what you're getting. So I, I think it's – I think the Saints are an average team. I also have no idea. Dennis Allen is a head coach for the Raiders. Now, granted, long time ago, and it's the Raiders. That was a tire fire. He may be great his second go around. Certainly possible. He might also not do well. I mean, you don't, you don't know. And with Breeze, look, 
I wrote a little about it in Stack the Box this morning, but at 43 years old. If I'm the Saints, I wouldn't want him back. No, either would I. Yeah. I mean, he was, look, first ballot Hall of Famer, all the rest of it, an all-time great. The last time we saw him was the 2020 playoffs. He couldn't throw the ball. Nope. I mean, he couldn't drive the ball 10 yards down the field. So I I would be shocked if he comes back. Yeah, I, I think that was Drew stroking his ego after he got bounced by NBC. You know, I could always come back and play. Oh, except you can't really, Drew. Uh, so I'm, I'm with both you guys there. I don't think he's coming back to the Saints or anybody else for that matter. Um, do want to ask you about a quarterback who is going to play this year somewhere. He's going to be on a roster. I don't know how much he's going to play. Starter in the league last year. Seems to be a guy without an island right now. And that's Baker Mayfield. I, I would have believe that the Seattle Seahawks would have reached out depending on how much Cleveland's going to eat of the contract that balancing out the compensation that they'd have to give up for him. We're past the draft. So you don't even have to pay till next year's draft. Right. Why is Baker Mayfield still a Cleveland Brown at this point? Well, I think it's a combination of, you know, they, they got into the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, which obviously came after free agency to the crux of free agency. So, um, you know, we saw these quarterbacks get moved in such a short period of time. You know, Carson Wentz was really one of the first dominoes. Russell Wilson got moved. Um, you know, we, we saw, you know, Matt Ryan later on. But we just saw so many guys get moved. I think that was a mistake we talked about earlier. The 49ers made like, They should have traded Garoppolo early if they wanted to. Now you're sitting there and it's like, who's, who's taking him? Where's he going? $28 million. You got to hope almost it, it becomes a situation where some team gets desperate in camp. And I think with Mayfield, by the time the Watson thing went down, a lot of these quarterbacks had already moved. They were already in their new places. And a lot of these teams looked around and said, we don't, we don't need them. We don't want them. And look, Baker's had a couple of pretty good seasons. Yeah. Hasn't been great, but he's been, you know, was, there, there have been guys who have been a lot worse the first couple of years. You wonder how much of it is the whole, you know, is he mature? Do you want to deal with it? How much do you want to put up with? And we all know – in life, and certainly in the NFL, the more talented you are, the more people will put up with. Aaron Rodgers gives Green Bay a lot to put up with, but they put up with it because he's a two-time reigning MVP, right? Like that's the way it goes. If he fell, if he fell off a cliff, Jordan Love would have been starting, but he didn't fall off a cliff. He's had two of the best years of his career. I think with Baker, ultimately, I still think he's going to end up in Carolina. I think that's how this thing ends because. Right now is the time of year where all these teams will, will tell themselves and try to convince themselves, hey, you know what, we're going to be fine. You know, Darnold started out 3-0 last year. We can find that. And then they're going to yeah. get into camp, and they're going to watch him throw the ball for about a week. They're going to go, you know what? It's not going to happen. <laughs> and, and, and if we win five games this year, everybody's gone. And that's when I think you're, you're going to get that call to Cleveland where it's, hey, listen, if you guys will eat half the salary – or take a lot lesser of a pick, we'll take them. I think in the, Seattle to me doesn't want to win. They're, they're ready to just have a year of resetting this whole thing. Chicago, obviously, even though they stink, they don't need a quarterback. The Giants want to see if Daniel Jones will work, on and on and on. I still think Carolina is the one bad team that thinks, hey, if we get a quarterback, we can we can salvage some things. And so I think in the end, he either goes there or to some team that unfortunately three days in, a quarterback blows a knee or something. And then yeah. it becomes a desperation thing, right? But besides that, I'll take Carolina. Yeah, Baker's interesting to me. Jody and I have talked about him uh, a couple times, and I thought he's 
getting a little bit punished, uh, to be honest, by the NFL for playing through a pretty significant injury. He didn't look good, but he was playing through it, and I thought people would give him more credit for it. Instead, you got these immaturity question marks and all that, and then you bring up Carolina, Matt. Matt Rule's got to win, as you mentioned. I mean, Sam Darnold, uh, P.J. Walker, Matt Corral, or Baker Mayfield, if I got to win – and you're giving me those four options, I'm, I'm pushing for Baker Mayfield. And that's why, you know, I've seen the argument made by some that, well, for the Panthers long-term, that's not the best move. It's like, okay, yeah, but there is no long-term for Matt Rule, right? right? You got to yeah. win. Matt Rule's not worried about the Carolina Panthers in 2026. He, he's worried about Matt Rule in 2022. And I think at some point you do have to, you do have to push for that. I agree. I mean, it, look, you're not winning with Sam Darnold. You're not. You're going to have all the fantasies you want on May 16th that Sam Darnold's going to come out and be the second coming. He's not going to be. Uh, and I think at some point, look, with Mayfield, I agree with you, John. He he played through what was a pretty significant shoulder injury all year long. Now, you could argue, hey, you know what, maybe at some point it behooves Cleveland to sit him down. Well, then Cleveland should have sat him down. Yeah. I Give him credit for playing and for playing through all that. I Look, we saw a lot of quarterback movement this offseason. Right? I mean, as much as we've ever seen. And I would argue, to bring it back to the NFC East for a second, like Washington, they were really aggressive, actually, in going out and getting Carson Wentz. I mean, they they took a full salary. They got a second-round pick. I, mean, I, I remember asking people around the league, what do you think? I, I'm yet to find one person who thinks that was a great deal for Washington. That was yeah. a lot to give up. Obviously, everybody on this on this show and, and listening is very aware of Carson Wentz. And I will say this. I, I'm not trying to bash him. But, you know, normally when you hear stuff about character and all you know, behind the scenes things, normally you will hear players, coaches come out and say, hey, you know, that's not true. That's not true. The, I was at the combine. The, I've never been at a presser that was more forward when Chris Ballard was basically talking about the fact that we got to get rid of Carson Wentz. I mean, it was I, it was stunning. I was yeah. actually at the next – because, you know, if you've ever been to Combine, they have yeah, this, like, yeah. table set up, and then they have podiums, and those for the GMs. And I was actually listening to Brett Veach talk. I was next to Chris Ballard's podium, and I completely stopped listening to Brett Veach because Chris <laughs> Ballard, it was just like an all-you-can-eat character assassination of Carson Wentz. <laughs> and I remember, like, talking to the media members during it. I'm like, is this real? Is this happening? Like, he is just killing this guy, and they're trying to trade him. Yeah. And I always believe, like, look, you, you know, Wentz has physical talent. No one would ever deny that. And you're now on your third team in three years, despite the fact that the Colts give up for first and a third for you and paid you all this money. And you won, and you won nine games. Yeah. And they still wanted no part moving forward. The, the reason I bring that up is you'd think Mayfield would be more attractive than Wentz in a lot of ways. Yeah. Younger. Yeah, the character concerns maybe to some degree, but I don't know as much. Like, I – and yet Mayfield's still sitting there. Like, if you said to me, you got to win 10 games, who do you want? I would take Mayfield, personally. Take Mayfield. Yeah. yeah. So I would. I. It, it, but yeah. I think it's a circumstance. It, it's left him kind of in the wind. All right. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Eagle draft since it came down. Howie Roseman did Howie Roseman-like things, moving up, moving back. Howie loves to do it, and he's pretty damn good at it. And despite the fact that the Eagles went with quant quality over quantity, Started the draft with 10 picks, ended up with only five drafted players. 
It cost them to get A.J. Brown. It cost them to move up and get uh, Davis. So um, how he played it a specific way, I do. John does. Most of Eagles Nation thinks he played it well. I think they had one of the better draft three-day periods because you add A.J. Brown into that mix right. as any team in the NFL. Who else was up there with you? Who, when everything was said and done, you said, damn, this team is better because of the last three days. Uh, we think the Eagles fit that description. Do you and who else is in that description for you off what they did uh, draft weekend? I do. I do. I thought the Eagles had a great draft. Um, look, you, you first of all, A.J. Brown, for me, is part of that draft. I mean, you traded a pick to get him, but he, he essentially came in that draft weekend. You could talk about all these guys, hey, you know, team took Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave. Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, all these other first-round receivers, they may end up being great players. I know A.J. Brown's a great player. And he's at he's the apex of his career. Yeah, 4 100, fine. So what? I mean, you're really only paying him 57 guaranteed. And you go from there. But I think it was a home run. I loved the way the Eagles went out and beefed up the middle of their defense. I mean, whether you're talking about Davis, who is an athletic freak. I mean, this is a guy who ran a faster 40 than Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that that is <laughs> 300 pounds. Yeah. So, and was and, and I always like to, like, N'Kobe Dean, of course, I think was the steal of the whole draft. Everybody lets a guy fall 60 picks. Well, he has a peck issue. Who cares? Um, even if he was limited by it in year one. So what? I, I'm taking that kid all day long. That kid was a top 20 talent in the draft. Um, and – I always believe in, look, you, you know, the NFL's changed from the way it was when I grew up in the 90s and the early 2000s, where, you know, teams just, you had two receivers, third down, you brought a third receiver out there. Like nowadays, everybody throws the ball 100 times. But you still have to win in the trenches. If you don't win there, you can't win. Well, Jordan Davis can help you win there. The Kobe Dean should help you win in there. And then, look, you also brought in two guys off one of the best college defenses anybody's ever seen. I mean, that, that doesn't hurt. So, I loved their draft. It was a top five draft for me. The other ones would have been the two New York teams. I thought both teams did well. I, I didn't love the Giants draft after the first round, but if you walk away with Thibodeau and Neal, to me, like that, that's enough. You can make an argument those are the two best players in draft. So um, I thought they did well. I thought the Jets did really well all the way through. I thought Baltimore had a great draft, and it feels like that's an annual thing. Yeah, it is. Ravens, Nobody knows who they are better than the Baltimore Ravens. It's amazing how, like, the Ravens will come up the pick and you'll get the board, and you almost know who they're going to take. You're like, oh, they're, they're going to take Kyle Hamilton. Yep, they're going to take Linderbaum. Yep, that's who they took. And I thought Kansas City had a really good draft. Now, Chiefs had a ton of picks. They had 12 picks to utilize, ended up taking 10 players. But um, I thought the Chiefs got a lot of value in McDuffie and Carl Loftus in the first round. They got Sky Moore. Um, so, I thought those teams, and look, it, it's no coincidence that all five of those teams either entered the draft or exited the draft with at least two first-round picks. And a lot of ammunition, I thought they used it well. Yeah, it, and and that's part of it with the Giants and Jets. If you're in the top ten, you better you better do well if right. you have a couple picks. Uh, but with Baltimore specifically, Matt, because that was the team I was on, and it seems like everybody in the NFL knows Eric DaCosta. Well, the Eagles jumped up to 13 because they thought the Ravens were going to take Jordan Davis. But the Ravens are always ready uh, with that contingency plan. They had six picks in the fourth round. Every time I looked up in the fourth round, Matt, they were taking a pick. And I said, man, that's that's a good pick. <laughs> that's good value. Uh, it's amazing 
how smart that team is when it comes to personnel evaluation. And you've seen it with their scouts, their 2020 club that everybody knows about gets picked apart uh, every few years. Um, just a really, really smart organization. But I know you spend a lot of time with the Chiefs and Andy Reid, uh, and that's obviously still a significant Super Bowl contender. You mentioned their draft. A little bit different this year, though, because you lose Tyreek Hill. That, that guy's unique. You, you have to change some of the things you do offensively. Talk about that from the Chiefs and the Dolphins' perspective. Um, and is Tyreek going to be happy? He doesn't have Patrick Mahomes and vice versa. How do you think that's going to uh, shake shake out? Yeah, well, I mean, from the Tyreek perspective, listen, uh, I think he's pretty happy because he got paid a boatload of money. So he's probably in, in, down in South Beach. I think he's doing okay. But I think um, you're right. I mean, he doesn't have Patrick Mahomes anymore. I still think he'll be a great player. He is – one of the most athletic players in NFL history. He's so unique to the way he plays. The question's really going to be in Miami about Tua. Uh, I mean, that that's going to be that the whole story all year long. How good can he be? I mean, he now – they went out and got Teron Armstead at left tackle, who who is often injured but is excellent when he plays. You have Jalen Waddle. You have Mike Kosicki. You have Tyreek Hill. You have Raheem Mostert in the back. I mean, that that's a talented football team. That's a team with a pretty good defense. I'm not saying they should win the Super Bowl. I don't think they're a Super Bowl team. But Miami, if two is better, that should be a playoff contending team, even in a loaded AFC. Um, but I think it is, you know, for Tyreek, it's going to be different. You're not just going to be airing it out. Now, on the other side of it, for Kansas City, they've been open about the fact that they wanted to re-sign him. And then Devontae Adams happened and Christian yeah. Kirk happened, and, and it just – everything skyrocketing and they decided hey look we'll take the 75 million in cap space over the next couple of years and five picks and we feel like we can we can figure it out still having Patrick Mahomes and, and all the other talented they have I think it changes mostly the way defense will defenses will cover them I mean I last year they could not throw the ball over the top you know kind of famously it got to a point where teams were playing 25 yards off the line of script yeah, yeah. everything was covered to Everything was, we're going to play as far back as humanly possible. The Eagles actually, I mean, they played the Chiefs last year. Now, that game, the Eagles couldn't stop Kansas City, but that but all, but that was also a game where, if you go back and look at it, like most teams, I mean, the Eagles just played back, back, back. I mean, everything was back, and the Chiefs still found a way a couple times to get over the top. But as the year went on, they couldn't get over the top. And I think that was part of why they may be saying, look, if, if we're going to get – a bunch of cap space and five picks. We got to roll the dice a little bit. Now it could blow up in their faces, big time. Um, but I think a lot like Green Bay, you're betting on the quarterback. You're betting on the quarterback, the offensive line, Travis Kelsey, and then they went out and they got Juju Smith-Schuster and a bunch of. I think it's going to be more of an ensemble than it, it's going to be more of a TV show and an ensemble than it's going to be two yeah. big movie stars. Uh, since you went there, I want to get uh, follow-up questions in on both the Dolphins and the Chiefs, who are exciting teams coming into the season. Number one, what do you think of the Dolphins kind of avant-garde? I would use the word goofy head coach, Mr. Uh, and coming in from <laughs> Mike uh, McDaniel. Yeah. Coming in from the West coast. E either he's a mad scientist genius 
or he's going to be an overmatched guy in the NFL. I'm not sure which. I'd love to be able to say which one I think it is, so I want to get your take on it. And number two, Kansas City question. Justin Ross was a kid who I remember watching playing his freshman year at Clemson, and I said, damn, freshman, this kid might be the best receiver in the, the, all of college football. And he's had just injury issue after injury Goes completely undrafted, signs with the Chiefs as an undrafted free agent. No, those medical issues are still a big deal. Um, has he been able to get out there on the field and show them anything? Uh, if you've heard anything from your contacts within the organization, that they think he's a guy who can actually make the team and contribute this year. So they do. Starting with Kansas City, they, they do believe that. They gave him a clean bill of health, which I will say, knowing that organization – if they do that, they really feel that way. I mean, that you know, to, and to, to speak to that point, last year they drafted Trey Smith, who's a guard in the sixth round. And I don't know how familiar everybody in Philadelphia is with him, but he was a guy who was really probably a top 50 talent in the draft but had blood clotting issues. Um, missed time as a sophomore in Tennessee. Didn't have any issues two years after. But uh, a lot of teams took him off their board, and the Chiefs went – to the mat, essentially, with their team doctors the day uh, that they drafted him, day three of that draft, they, and they they cleared him. And last year, he he was excellent for them. I mean, essentially, played at a Pro Bowl level. They, they he got overshadowed by Creed Humphrey, but was almost everybody's good. And I think with Justin Ross, now they didn't invest a draft pick. Obviously, he was undrafted free agent, as you mentioned. But they do feel like the talent's there. He was out there for rookie minicamp, uh, knocked some of the rust off. And you look at their room at receiver, they usually keep six. Well, they're going to keep Marquez Valdez-Scantling and Juju Smith-Schuster. They're going to keep McCole Hardman and Sky Moore. Um, and then after that, you look at it and go, he's got a shot. I mean, he's going to have a shot to make that roster. They still have Josh Gordon, who I, don't, I at this point, I don't know. I mean, is he ever going to make any kind of a comeback? I kind of feel like maybe that time's passed, but he is still there. Um, but, yeah, I think he's going to have a real shot to make the team. And they'll they'll have that open competition toward the back end of that that depth chart. As far as Miami, Mike McDaniel's definitely a different guy. You know, I got the <laughs> opportunity to talk to him a little bit at the combine, and he certainly does not fit the profile. I don't think I don't think he and Mike Vrabel are going to hang out and have a couple of Coronas. Those guys are a little different, right? But. You know, it's it's a new age. I think if Mike McDaniel was a coach twenty years ago, I don't I don't think there's any. I don't think he would be a coach twenty years ago. Yeah. You know, and I also think he fits where he is. You know, like Miami's a laid back. It's a like I can't imagine him in Philly, right? Like that just doesn't play. If you're zero and one or one and two, and you come out and you have that attitude, you're getting killed. And talking (laughs) radio is just taking you to the cleaners. You know, New York, somewhere like that. Like that just doesn't play. Miami. You might play a little more, but it's interesting. You know, let's be real. If you're media friendly, a lot of times as a coach, it's like, oh, this guy's going to be really good. And you like him intrinsically. I have no idea what he's going to be. I, you know, he he might be good. I thought Brian Flores was a pretty damn good football coach. True. And they, and they got rid of him. And you bring in Mike McDaniel, who might be great, might not be. Look, it's again, it's going to come down to Tua. Like Mike McDaniel could be Vince Lombardi, but if Tua can't throw yeah. the ball, 12 yards down the field to Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, it doesn't matter. Uh, so it's it's interesting. They're going to be, I think, fighting to try to get ahead in New England in that division. It is always interesting when Matt Verderam joins us here on Birds 365. MV, appreciate your Eagles insight. 
appreciate everything in the rest of the National Football League and especially appreciate, oh, by the way, I'll predict now above 500 on your 272 predictions. I say you have a winning record this year on predicting the entire schedule months before it ever starts. Uh, great spot, uh, stuff on your spot. Uh, appreciate you coming on with us today. We'll get you up in a couple of weeks again. Thanks, bud. Hey, no problem. Thanks a lot, guys. Thanks, Matt Verderam, fan-sided. Got to check him out, uh, fansided.com, and his uh, Stacking the Box podcast is one of your better football podcasts out there. All right, Johnny Mac, Jody Mac. Oh, we got a couple of minutes left. You know what we got to do. Put a bow on the show. of life first trust bank is there for you because philadelphia dreams deserve a philadelphia bank at action news we cherish every moment and it's our profound responsibility to bring you closer to your world never miss a moment trust the people at action news in Philadelphia, we celebrated the miracle with pride only five years ago. And then the following morning, IBEW Local 98 members went back to work, building this city, rescuing our communities from decay, and inspiring the young men and women of the region to take pride in who we are. Like the cats, Local 98 members believe in hope. To learn more about who we are, what we do, and career opportunities with Local 98, visit us, ibew98.org. All right, did you know I was the Mommy Slam Dunk champion? Really? <laughs> yes, really, don't sound so surprised. Let's see it. Oh, you're ready, all right, here we go. Let's hear the crowd. So go to right, go to left, fake a mom. Mama, go up, mama! She did it. Again, you can't avoid gravity, but United Healthcare can help you avoid financial surprises by helping you compare costs and doctor quality ratings. United Healthcare. Uh huh. At Stateside Vodka, every new customer gets the world's best rocks glass free. You're telling me that bottle is cut in half? You could say that. Go for the midnight dares. Go for the game. Go for the hits. Go for the fans. Go for the win. Go to Ocean Casino Resort. Book your trip at theoceanac.com. Mega Mac guys, final couple of minutes on this May Monday show, which means we're only 22 hours away from getting a uh, Tuesday show up. So that's what we'll finish off with today. 
I need a percentage chance out of you on both of these two things. If there's actually going to be quote unquote breaking news tomorrow, uh, the two things that either concern me for most or I'm rooting for most are uh, the potential signing of a James Bradbury and the potential losing of an Andy Weidel to the Pittsburgh Steelers. We'll go Bradbury first. 22 hours until <clears throat> next we get together here, Johnny Mac. The percentage chance that James Bradbury has become a Philadelphia Eagle. Uh, 4%. 4%. I, 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 I think it's going to be less than 10. Yeah. I wanted to know how close you were getting to one. Uh, you're going with four, huh? Yeah. I. It, it's pretty clear people are going to wait this out. Uh, certainly the Eagles. And I think it's clear that nobody's struck right away that everybody's kind of feeling this process out, including Bradbury himself. So I still think uh, we got some time. So that means, you know, Kansas city will probably sign him at uh, three o'clock today. <laughs> we shall see. But uh, Maddie made the point. He brought it up. I meant to bring it up in the first couple of seconds. Uh, I harped Jarvis Landry here on the show. Now, yeah. When the not at Eagles, 20 million, but at six, yeah. When the Eagles trade for AJ Brown, guess what? Jarvis Landy becomes an afterthought. Yeah. But prior to that, I thought he was a pretty nice name that the Eagles should be looking at if they were looking to upgrade their wide receiver spot. And yeah, didn't get 20, got six. I think the same thing with James Bradbury. He gets released. He knew that that was the possibility. He knows what he was supposed to make with the Giants in excess of 10. I think that's his target number as of right now, what he made with the Giants. He knows he's coming down. He has to know at some point he's coming down. How far is he coming down? Is it going to be less than $10 million? Uh, probably percolates for another week or so before it happens. But I'm going to ask you about it every single day. Because sometimes being proactive is better, Howie Roseman. We're, well, we're, we're, you know, very similar to Steve Nelson, obviously a higher profile player, but they can offer Bradbury what they offered Steve Nelson and the fact that he's going to start from day one. Now, other teams can probably offer that as well. But with the Eagles, he gets to play opposite Darius Slay, one of the best corners in the league. So he'll have opportunities to make plays and then he can get right back on the on the free agent market and cash in big time. So maybe they're, you know. They're an underdog, but they they have a better situation for him than maybe people expect or, there are or, or people know. Some selling points to come yeah. in here and play for the Eagles. All right, and Andy Weidel got his second interview. The Steelers have had, I think it's at least four guys who have had two interviews. Yeah. So they've certainly trimmed the herd, but they've got a couple candidates left. Will we be talking about the Eagles having to fill another void in their front office tomorrow on the show? Percentage chance, Johnny. Mack. Well, they have, they have four external candidates, two internal candidates, and one of the internals, Brandon Hunt, the Eagles interviewed for a job as well. So who knows? There could be a trade uh, somewhere they're brewing. But uh, Pittsburgh's usually very open. Um, they are very open about who they interview. So we'll know this afternoon if they have another second interview. Um, if not, that's an indication they're getting closer. Um, and look, of the four outside guys they've interviewed, I know John Spytek's one of them. Uh, I, the guy from Tennessee, Cowden, I forget the fourth one. I think Andy's got a good shot. I think Andy's got a good shot to get that job um, as 
for the timing of it, I don't know. But I I put his his chances of getting that job solid 30, 35%. Good shot. Yeah, and if they lose him, then it's just that much more work how he's got to do reshuffling the deck with his front office. He's done it before. We'll see if he can do it again. All right, we've done it again for two hours here on Birds 365. Good show, Johnny Mac. Thanks to Matt Gordrim and um, Paul Dom. We're trapping on both of our guests. Gave us uh, great insight today. I'm good to go in 22 hours from now. Are you? Uh, day to day, but I'm planning on it, Jody. Mac and Mac will be back here tomorrow on Birds 365 in 2 and 2. You've been listening to Birds 365. The destination for the passionate Eagles football fan who bleeds green. If it's Eagles football, we're talking about it. Debate inside the locker room and guests that are some of the greatest football minds from around the region. We hope you enjoyed the show. We know we had a blast. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. And we'll be back soon. But in the meantime, hook up with us on social media at Jacob Sports. See you next time on Birds 365. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.